Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Here on Wrestle Rant Radio for Thursday, November 10th, 2022. Myself, Graham Gius and Matthews, joined by a surprise guest, our recurring co-host, of course. Didn't think you would be here today. Calling in live from Florida on location near Disney Springs. Mr. Marceau, RJ, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Doing well. We're uh, just sitting out, tropical storm, Nicole, and... Uh... About to get off to Disney soon, so uh, it's doing pretty well. Very nice. I, I'm very pleasantly surprised you were able to join us here today. Not that I begged you to, but I would love you to. And uh, you're on your honeymoon right now. It shows real dedication that you're calling me right now to talk about professional wrestling, so I appreciate it. I mean, with, with what happened on Monday night, <laughs> I mean, I, I had to call in this week. I mean, I could be on Rock and Roller Coaster right now, I'd call you at this point. <laughs> Like I just told you a minute ago before we hit the record button here, you were the first person I thought of when that happened. I'm thinking... There's no way we can't talk at some point, whether it's on the show or not. We have to give, I have to call you on the phone at some point to discuss this. It's been three days, and I'm not, I don't want to say fuming, but I'm still flabbergasted by what we got on Monday night with that Money in the Bank briefcase cash in, which we'll get into. We're going to talk about that other stuff from Raw. The 24 7 championship officially retired. Holla fucking Luya. We'll get into that as well. Um, Dynamite last night, the extremely newsworthy show, quote-unquote, that Tony Khan hyped up, and it wasn't really that newsworthy at all. They're going to the U.K. next year. That's cool. Uh, Soraya back in the ring. That's great. We all kind of knew that was coming, but that was a cool announcement. I forgot what else happened, but, I mean, they were. I was told that it was going to be a newsworthy show. Sasha Banks might be showing up. Obviously, that didn't happen, and <laughs> she's busy doing other stuff today that I actually got in trouble for, for sharing on Twitter, though. That's another story for another day. Um, I, I might talk about that at the end, um, but we'll talk about Crown Jewel first. Because uh, it was a very good show overall. That was not exactly newsworthy. No championships changing hands, or except for the women's tag team titles, actually. Um, did you have a chance to watch the whole show, Mr. Marceau, or did you just catch highlights? Because, again, I know you were flying out that day. I watched everything in full. Wow, did you really? What did you think of the show? I thought it was a good show. I, 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 was, I was surprised. I thought it I thought it'd be a little bit worse than it was. I actually thought it was better than I expected, so it was, I was two thumbs up for my... What was your favorite part of the show, favorite match? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, the main event was really good. I loved Roman and Logan Paul. I thought that was good stuff. Um, I mean, even Omos and Strowman was way better than it had any right to be. It wasn't like it was a Matt Classic, but it still was a lot better than I expected it was going to be. Cross and Drew was good. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty solid show all around. Let's work our way at the top and, you know, start at the top and work our way down from there. Roman Reigns and Logan Paul for the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. I thought it was an excellent match. And, I mean, again, we were there when he was at SummerSlam. Logan Paul, that is, facing The Miz at that pay-per-view. Had a really good match there. Had a good match Mania. Uh, we kind of expected this to be a good match. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. And, again, you can make the argument. I've heard people argue, you know, Logan Paul selling, or rather, Roman Reigns selling for Logan Paul and all of his offense was a bit goofy. I do agree with that. That didn't bother me, but I completely understand why that would bother someone else. <clears throat> Just because 
you know, Roman Reigns has been dominant for as long as he has been. For Logan Paul, who's only had two or three matches, to be getting one over on Roman Reigns, even with the whole Lucky Punch stuff, was a bit comical, but overall, I thought it was a good match. I thought it was a rare case where the interference and all the smoke and mirrors actually added to the match. The interference of the Usos, you had Jake Paul in there, Logan Paul's entourage, and everyone else. Um, in the end, though, it was Roman Reigns, reigning supreme, still champion. So I thought the interference actually helped in this respect. And the whole Jake Paul thing, they got their moment on TMZ with him interfering in the match. And Logan Paul walking away with a torn MCL, a torn meniscus, and a potentially torn as of Saturday ACL as well. I'm not sure if that's been confirmed yet or not by either him or WWE. Um, I don't think this is a work. I don't think this is done to write him out for a while. I do think he's legitimately hurt. I'd be surprised if he wasn't. I don't think he would tweet. I don't know. Maybe he would go along with it, but I, I think it's legitimate. And uh, the fact that he finished the match while injured is pretty impressive as well. Yeah, I thought this was a great match, like you said. I, I'm not the biggest interference person, but like you pointed out, I thought the interference did add to it. Um, again, the was involved. They said his entourage, Jake Paul, got their big sports center Twitter moment there. Um, him knocking out the Usos, so that was good magic today. It, had, it, was, it was for someone that's only had two matches. It was really good. Um, Roman winning, thank goodness. Um, I mean, we never say never, but you know, my I had a little fear that he he was going to win the belt. So glad he didn't. Sad that he's up hurt. I mean, I mean that's not great. He had, he had a great match, finished the match injured. Hopefully, he has a speedy recovery because I mean, for three matches in, he looks looks like a natural. Yeah, I thought he looked great in there, and I know I talked about this on Hashtag yesterday. When he comes back, when that might be, I think it's a big blow to WrestleMania to not have him there in Los Angeles. I don't think he's going to be able to compete by then if he has a torn ACL, MCL, whatever. That's a pretty serious injury. Let's say, assuming he has wrestler recovery time, and he's young, maybe he gets better before nine months to a year, whatever. Um, Let's say he's back by SummerSlam in eight or nine months from now. Who do you think, looking at the current roster, and of course, anything can change, they're hiring people on a weekly basis, who would you like to see Logan Paul face going forward? Now that he's failed to win the CHOP championship, and nor, nor should he have won the championship on Saturday, or really at all, I don't think, um, at least in the foreseeable future, there's still many more matches you can have with him against people like Rollins, you know, AJ Styles, I look at those matches and I'm pretty intrigued. Is there any opponent coming off the match that he had a Crown Jewel that excites you the most involving Logan Paul? Yeah, I was going to say either Rollins or Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, that'd be a good one as well. That's a good one. Anybody yeah, I think either of them would have a great match with them, especially with Roman, and they're a little bit smaller, so I feel like you'd do even more stuff with them. So I think those two, Rollins and Cody, would stick out to me. Yeah, I, I, I could totally see that. I think that'd be a pretty cool match. Especially, the thing is, with Logan Paul, I think he's won people over in his matches. When he comes back to Raw or SmackDown in the States, he's still going to be booed. I mean, the guy's a natural heel. I applaud the effort to make him a babyface to endear, <laughs> to endear him to the audience. I don't think it's going to work. I think he's going to go back to being booed as soon as he comes back. So you're probably going to have to turn him at some point. Uh, we really haven't had a chance to talk about this a whole lot, but the Bray Wyatt stuff, because we don't really talk about SmackDown just with the way we record and stuff. Um, the all Uncle Howdy thing, we had progression of that at Crown Jewel. What have been your thoughts on the whole Uncle Howdy, Bray Wyatt exchanges and where this might be going? Yeah, I th- at first I really liked it. Now it's starting to kind of drag a little bit. Like, I, I kind of think we need more answers now more than teases. I mean, it's been like three weeks of teases. Mm-hmm. Kind of need more concrete stuff going forward. So, I mean, I'm hoping that we get more development coming out, especially on Friday night if he's on the show. But I thought we'd get a little bit more on crowd draw than just basic what we've got smacked down. I- I've been fine with how they progressed it. I mean, I, you gotta, I, to me, I'm going to give it a few more weeks. I'm not saying you got to give it a couple more weeks, but I think 
just, I don't know. I just think with the way that Bray Wyatt works, I think just maybe a few more weeks might be the key. If we're still seeing like the cryptic exchanges between Howdy and Wyatt on the show and it's not really going anywhere, then I would be like, okay, it's time to move on. Um, anyone saying, you know, where's Bray Wyatt in the ring? Where's my Bray Wyatt match? And listen, I know it's a wrestling company, but I, honestly, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm not clamoring for Bray Wyatt to be back in the ring right now. There's no... I'm not even. We're not even really sure what he's doing, especially if he's feuding with himself. He's not going to go in there and have a match with himself unless it's like a, unless it's like a cinematic masterpiece or something. And even then, I'm not really sold on that being the case. Um, so, with that being said, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I don't. He's not going to be in war games or something like that. I don't think. Uh, we're still not exactly what sure what form the feud's going to take. But I am intrigued, though. It does keep me compelled week after week on SmackDown to the promos that he's doing. But now that we're out of Crown Jewel and heading into Survivor Series, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think he could be on that show. Cutting into the promo, I think he has to be either on that show, doing something, getting attacked, attacking someone, or whatever. So I guess time will tell as far as you know as far as that goes. Uh, Bianca Belair and Bailey was another really good match from the show. Last Woman Standing match for the Raw Women's Championship. Now, we talked about this a lot last week. Damage control, it's basically dead. I don't want to say it is dead because the group still exists, but as far as their outlook and, you know, um, their potential and stuff like that. Bailey lost again. And they set up the Women's War Games match on Monday's Raw. But, you know, it makes sense to set up that match. But how much heat does Damage Control actually have? Nikki Cross helped Dakota Kai and Io Sky win back the Women's Tag Team titles at the beginning of Crown Jewel in that great tag team match. That was a really good match. Um, definitely the best Women's Tag Team title match we've gotten since the belts were brought back. Um, but, you know, they have the tag team titles back after, what, four or five days? We talked about it here last week. Pretty dumb that they would even do the title change in the first place. And now Bailey loses again. So what are your updated thoughts on damage control? And where they go going forward? Uh, this group, I mean, it's like how I felt about Judgment Day like two months ago. I just, I like the group initially, and then they just can't win when it matters the most. I know that Kai and Sky just won the tag belts, but Bailey, I mean, the leader of the group, when she loses when it matters the most, I just... I just don't understand how people could see the group as a threat. And I, I, I know they won the belts back with Nikki Cross help, but I don't know. I think if they were going to take the belts off them, then Bailey should have won the the main title, and at least there's some kind of bitch there. I mean, what's their bitch that she can't win when it matters most? Like, I don't know. They like The promo on Raw was weird, too. They're like, oh, well, she beat you twice. It's like, okay, she didn't beat you when it mattered. So who gives a fuck? I don't know. It's weird. It's like... They have a little heat because they attack them, but then their leader loses every time. So it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like weird heat, but it's like no one really cares. I mean, do they even win at war games, you think? Uh, <laughs> I mean, if they don't win at war games, I just, I, I don't see any future in the, in the, in either Bianca and Bailey, because then what would it, like, they'd lose again. So yeah. I would assume they have to win or something would have to happen. But if they lose, I, I feel like they would have to move on from that program. Well, I will say, I did think that the way they handled the loss for Bailey on Monday's Raw, where she came out kind of dejected, I don't think she ever said anything during that segment on Raw. It was all Dakota and EO that spoke. EO had that back and forth with uh, EO, with, oh, not with EO, I'm sorry, with Asuka. With Asuka. EO was, yeah, with, they had that back and forth, and Dakota was kind of just talking. Bianca set up the War Games match, whatever. Bailey didn't say anything. So I'm thinking, going back to what you suggested a week ago. Do you see a scenario potentially where maybe they see Bailey as the weak link and they boot Bailey from the group? And that begs the question, 
if you do that, who do you have replaced Bailey as the leader of this group? This was her. It was the same thing like with Edge and Judgment Day. And we'll get to Judgment Day in a moment because they've actually rehabbed them to a point where I care about them now. Uh, we talked about that last week. I know you feel the same way. This was Bailey's group from the get-go. Like, she brought these women together behind the scenes and was the real catalyst for this group. Um, if you boot her, do you put Sasha Banks in there? I wouldn't make Becky Lynch a heel again, obviously. Um, do you just keep them as a tag team? Do you break up the entire group? Do you put EO on SmackDown? I, I, I would just say break up the whole thing as opposed to just booting Bailey. Yeah, I'd probably break up the whole thing than just booting Bailey. I mean, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it could work because I thought Judgment Day was dead in the water at one point and they seemingly recovered, so. Um, but yeah, I feel like if they're going to boot Bailey out at that point, you might as well break up the whole group. Yeah, I mean, honestly, at this point, I think they should have the stipulation come war games, because these war games matches never really have any stipulations. There's no title shots on the line. There's no titles on the line. It's just war games. Um, so what I think they should do is put the you know the stipulation up for grabs that if damage control lose, they have to break up, because I think that would add some suspense, because we're talking about it right now as, as if it's a possibility. And even if they win, it's like, okay, then they have to stay together. There was a chance they could break up. That, that's what I would do. Uh, the problem with that then is that they're teaming with two other women who have no real, like who gives it, like Nikki Cross I'm sure doesn't give a shit if damage control is still around or not. So they're probably not going to do that. Um, it, it's not as if, like with the bloodline, the bloodline is five guys with Roman and Sammy, the Usos and Solo, and then Paul Heyman as well. Um, that would make sense if it's a, you know, five on five match and the entire group's in there. That's not the case with this one. Uh, speaking of women's war games though, I mean, we're going to be going back and forth between Raw and Crown Jewel here because they kind of they're kind of one and the same. They set up the women's war games match. So far, all we know is that it's all of damage control, Bailey, EO and Dakota and Nikki cross versus Bianca Belair, Oscar and Alexa bliss. So that means in both matches, men and women this year are five on five. And that's not actually, that's not normal, which is fine. But usually in NXT, it's been four on four. People have said, Oh, it's the same thing like from NXT. It's not actually, uh, for the last five years, I think in NXT, aside from that first one, where it was three on three on three, Pretty sure it was four on four, but both are five on five. Damage Control needs two more people. I'm sorry, one more person. They have Nikki Cross with them. And then Bianca's team needs two more baby phases. Who do you see filling in those spots, and who do you think could fill in those spots? Christ. Put uh, in a spot. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. It's tough. What? I, would, I, mean, it's, I mean, there's probably zero chance this happens, but I would just put Sasha and Naomi on the babyface team and then put Tegan Knox with Bailey and them. I don't think it's... Well, I mean, there might be zero chance of the Tegan. I mean, there's never a zero chance, but I think as far as Sasha and Bailey or Sasha and Naomi coming back, I think that's pretty likely. I'm not going to say it's guaranteed. I'm not saying I'm expecting it, but with the, they're in Boston. Um, we saw videos of Sasha training in the ring a couple days ago. She posted it on... Or someone posted it on Instagram. So... She's training for something. I mean, maybe she's obviously just doing it to stay in shape, and she's not back for a while. I do think Sasha Banks is coming back to WWE. You're not going to AEW. I know she posted the Boston pictures last night, and that's something else. Uh, that That's for a movie thing. I, she's not going to AEW. If she was going to AEW, she would have showed up last night. I had a lot of people telling me she's not going to AEW. She re-signed to WWE. That's what Meltzer said. The thing with what Meltzer said is that, yeah, I, I agree with what Meltzer said as far as her sticking with WWE. 
Um, but just because he said it doesn't make it gospel. I mean, people using him as if what he said is 100% true is laughable, not because he's completely not credible, but it's just because this whole Sasha story has changed so many fucking times as far as the wrestling stuff goes. I've heard at least 20 different accounts, oh, she's gone, her contract's done, no, she's still with us, she'll be back soon, no, she won't be back anytime soon. <clears throat> so I, I don't really know what's going on with her. As far as, I think she is coming back to WWE, and I think there is a chance she could be back at Survivor Series. The Tegan Knox one is interesting, though, because I don't, I agree, I don't think it's likely, but we did hear her name floated around as someone that could be back, and, you know, so is Mia Yim, and she's back as well. So I think that'd make for a pretty uh, sweet addition to the heel team. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think Candice LeRae, you could put on the heel team, maybe she turns, and she goes on the heel team as well, but, uh, that's, that's what I'm thinking right now. Yeah, I think, yeah, Candace can go heel. I, I don't love that idea. I've seen a lot of people say that. I don't love the idea, but it's possible. What about Becky Lynch? You think she'll be back before Survivor Series to join the team? Uh, I think it's a little too soon, but I, I also don't know how long she was expected to be out anyways. I think she was expected to be out like three or four months, which would put her back around now. Um, but that being said, though, I mean, I haven't heard any updates on her return and I mean I think I heard that she might be she's a while away from coming back but that could just be you know that could just be messing with the dirt sheet so to speak like that could just be exaggerated and she will be back so I think there's a chance I don't think I don't I don't know for a fact that she will be back but I think there's a decent chance she could be in that match so we'll see I think it's shaping up to be interesting uh the whole damage control thing to me is not a failed experiment but we're quickly approaching that point and they got to either put heat back on them or do something. Then winning war games, it's like, okay, they win war games. I guess they win the feud with Bianca. But then what do you do with them? If we're not getting Bianca and Bailey four or five or whatever it is, and we shouldn't, then them winning doesn't really accomplish anything if Bailey's not the Raw Women's Champion. But we mentioned Judgment Day. Um, that's why I haven't completely given up on damage control, because I gave up on Judgment Day. We were here many weeks in a row here on the show saying that they were damaged goods, that they weren't interesting, and the Ray, the Ray feud and shit, that well overstayed its welcome. Didn't give a shit. Um, the Edge feud overstayed its welcome. Didn't really care by the end. They're probably obviously going back to that when Edge comes back, probably with Beth. And that was the whole thing, too. Like, the whole, oh, Rhea's, they need someone to counteract Rhea. Beth is probably coming in. And it was Mia Yim. I think I threw that out to you a week ago. I think I even said that. Um, I, mean, I know we, we said Piper Niven. Those were my top two choices. We got Mia on Raw. But before we even get to Mia and the OC attacking Judgment Day on Raw this past week, the Judgment Day have somehow really rehabbed themselves as far as, like you said last week, and you kind of already talked about this, they're gelling a lot better together. They're being booked better. And they just come across as a much cooler group than they were even a month or two ago. Somehow the addition of Dominic to the group, actually, they benefited from that, and, and it didn't hinder their whatever momentum they had left, which was none at that point. Yeah, I mean, at that point, it's like you said, they didn't really have any momentum, so it really couldn't go any lower than it already was. So mm -hmm. they definitely have gelled as a group. I guess my only complaint is, like, they make the OC look like losers because all they do is lose. So it's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> why do we really care about that? I mean, yeah, rehab the Judgment Day, but I feel like the OC lose every turn. Like, they haven't won a match yet, so. Yeah, it came at the expense of OC, yeah. They definitely need to do a little bit, but I mean, obviously the attack on Monday was a star, or at least got them, got some kind of upper hand, but they do need a win because at this point it's just a winner fighting a loser at this point. Well, they got Mia Yim, like I said, battling Rhea Ripley to kind of, to kind of counteract her. Uh, I assume we get the eight-person tag team match, probably at Survivor Series, uh, not an elimination match, because I don't think it works that. Like, if, if Mia eliminates Rhea, then Rhea 
is Mia going to fight the men? Like, I don't, not in WWE that is that going to happen. So, um, I don't expect that to be the case. But what are your thoughts on Mia Yim coming back to WWE? I mean, it's been rumored for a while, but I know Fightful Select kind of confirmed it about a week ago on Friday, and then it came true on Monday. So um, I, I, I like seeing her back. She never really... I mean, it's the same thing with a lot of the people they rehired. She never really got a real run on the main roster. And um, maybe it doesn't work. Maybe she doesn't get over. I'm not saying she absolutely will. She's the greatest women's wrestler in the world. But Mia Yim is really good. She never got a fair shake. And now she's back to kind of help fill out the division. So I'm a fan of the movement. I like the fact that uh, she and Rhea are going at it as well. Yeah, I thought it was a good bring back. Like you said, she never got a fair shake. She was in fucking retribution, which was terrible. So <laughs> um, bringing her back, she's like the perfect person to counter Rhea Ripley. It makes sense physically and just like their attitude and what we've seen from them in the past. So I thought it was a, I thought it was a great bring back. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought it made for a cool moment. The crowd in Wilkes-Barre, Wilkes-Barre, whatever it's called, did not give a shit. But then again, they didn't really care about anything on that show. They, they cared about nothing. That crowd was fucking Corpus Christi, Levels of Dead. They did not give a shit about anything. And I actually thought Raw was a fine show, but it was not made any better by that dead crowd. They were just dead all night. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the eventual eight-person tag team match, probably at Survivor Series. I'm also looking forward to, or rather, on the women's war games front, we, we talked about this earlier. Actually, I'll save that for all. I want to talk about the 24-7 championship, but we'll segue into that in a little bit. Uh, I am looking forward to the tag team title match coming up on Friday as well. Undisputed WWE tag team titles, the Usos and the New Day. Now, the Usos beat the Brawling Brutes at Crown Jewel. Good match there. Um, I thought the setup for New Day and Usos on Monday's Raw with those dueling promos was excellent. I love the fact that the Usos brought up the Kofi Mania line because I was actually at that show with Alexis when it happened, that whole gauntlet thing when they forfeited to the Uso or to the uh, to the New Day. Great moment. Glad they called that back in their right. Uh, the New Day made a lot of great points, and it got me more excited for Friday's match than it was previously. I thought that was really good. But I do think the Usos should and will win on Friday to retain their tag team titles and become the longest reigning WWE tag team champions of all time. Yeah, I completely agree. At this point, you got to go all the way. I mean, you can't just have them all the way at the doorstep and just lose like that. So, but yeah, Monday's promos were great. I think so. I thought I built up a little bit more interest than I had. I like the New Day. I mean, for, for me, they're kind of just like. For me, they're stale. It just is what it is. Like I've seen that for five years. I'm just kind of over it at this point. But. uh no, I'm very intrigued for, for Friday. I think it'll be a good match, but I, I would have Usos go over. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them win, and uh, where they go from there, we'll see. But I, I do think Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going to be the right team to do th- uh, dethrone the Usos as tag team champions. Very likely at WrestleMania is where I would do the title change. So, looking forward to that match as well. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross, you mentioned earlier, had a steel cage match. Good stuff. I like this more than the Extreme Rules strap match. Um, I thought they worked well together. Once again, the steel cage absolutely doing nothing to, you know, limit interference. Scarlett interfered anyway. She maced the referee. She maced Drew McIntyre. So it's not as if the it's not as if the steel cage even served the purpose of eliminating the factor of interference from Scarlett. But whatever. Drew won anyway. Didn't pin Carry, and he just got the better of him by a couple seconds by hitting the floor before Carry could hit the floor. Do you think the feud continues tomorrow on SmackDown? They are one win apiece. I think that was a fine. Pay off to the feud as far as Drew winning. We can move on now. But there also was the chance that Karrion isn't happy with how he lost on Saturday, and they go back to it with a third match, and maybe Karrion wins there. You mentioned that last week. Do you still feel that way? Yeah, I mean, I feel like even though he lost, he still would want to win. Like like you said, he came like inches away from winning. Or Drew came over the top of the cage. Karrion came up the door. Drew just happened to beat him by, like a, like, like you said, a couple of feet, inches. 
Um, I think you, I feel like you blow it off at Survivor Series. Um, Karen has to win. I, I, I mean, if you want him to be a top star, he has to win. So if you if they're going to continue, I'd just blow it off at Survivor Series. If not, I wouldn't be overly against it. But I don't know, just the way it ended, I feel like you'd want to kind of some kind of conclusion. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, uh, you know, depending on how it shakes out and whatever, I do think there's a chance they do the third match there, and Karrion would have to win. Drew winning twice. I mean, I know he lost that, uh, you know, Extreme Rules. He lost the Clash of the Castle. Karrion stands more to benefit from beating Drew than the other way around. Um, that being said, though, I do think this could tie in to what we're getting tomorrow night on SmackDown, the kickoff to the World Cup, which they announced last week on SmackDown. I'm thinking, that's a pretty cool concept. First of all, we have so many fucking tournaments in these companies, WWE and AEW specifically. It's ridiculous. Way too many tournaments. Um, that being said, though, this is an interesting concept. Impact used to do it back in the day, TNA. Um, but the winner is going to get an Intercontinental Championship opportunity. We did find that out during Raw on Monday. That's what's on the line. So I think there's a chance that we get these two in the finals. I'm not even saying that's the best idea, but maybe they clash one more time and maybe the beginning round or whatever, Karrion Cross representing America, Drew representing Scotland, and they could run it back one more time. What do you think about that? No, I think it's a good idea, especially with the actual World Cup coming up in November. I mean, perfect segue. I'm pretty sure they're on Fox, so maybe there's some push from the network to kind of get the juices flowing there and we'll get actual the, the World Cup in and Thanksgiving time for soccer, so it would be a perfect blow-off at Survivor Series right before the actual World Cup starts. So, oh, I didn't even no, think I, about I, that, yeah. I think it's a perfect timing, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a Fox push thing, and I think that would be a great first-round match. I think it's pretty perfect that they're doing this, because SmackDown does have a lot of global representation. You can do someone from America, obviously, like a carrying cross or you know, uh, LA Knight, whoever. You got Drew from Scotland. Sheamus, I would assume, would represent Ireland. He can be in there. This kicks off tomorrow. Um, they have they're doing Santos and Shinsuke tomorrow after Shinsuke's team with Hit Row beat Legato a few weeks ago. I don't think that's a World Cup match, but maybe it could be made into a World Cup match because obviously Escobar representing Mexico, Shinsuke representing Japan. It just makes sense. Um, you got them. You still have Jinder on the raw. I mean, he hasn't been on the show in months, but he can bring in Jinder to represent India. Um, Solo can represent. You know, Samoa, whatever. So there's there's a lot of different, I mean, it's part of America, but still, you can have a lot of different representation there from all these different countries and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I think it's pretty cool. Maybe someone from Canada as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Do you think there's any chance that they bring in some people from NXT, someone like an Ilya Dragunov or a Tyler Bate to represent those respective companies, or not companies, uh, countries? Yeah, anything's possible. I think it's a cool idea, and I'd definitely be open to that. Who do you want to see win to challenge Gunther for the championship? Oh, Christ, I hate when you do this. Keep the <laughs> ask me about who I want to win a tournament that no one's announced for. Well, who, well, I'll ask you this. Who do you want to see get the next shot for the title? Because I thought Ray and Gunther was great. Ray and Gunther was great. Um, Christ. Um, I feel like it'd have to be a baby. I don't know. I don't love a heel on heel, so it'd probably have to be a baby face. I mean, if Dragonoff was in it and they run him and the wall to go their back again, <laughs> Um, even him and Tyler Bay would be sick now that you brought both of them up but yeah. um, can't really think of anyone on SmackDown side that's a baby face that I really would want to see face go up there like I don't want Sheamus again um, I don't know I really don't I don't really have an answer honestly I'd have to see the bracket first and let you know we'll find out tomorrow uh, Drew if you know if we don't get Drew and Karrion again and Karrion's not in it 
Drew winning the whole thing to me would be fine. Drew and Walter sounds awesome. I don't want Drew to win the championship from him. But I think Drew and Gunther at some point, Survivor Series would be sexy. Yeah, it would be pretty cool. I mean, I... Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you're going to have a new person win the tournament and then not beat Gunther, I guess at that point, you'd rather have an established person win it and then you have him lose to Gunther. So, like, you could have, like, Drew face maybe some lower guys, but they give him, like, a hard fight. And, like, they lose, but still, like, mm-hmm. a good loss. And then you have Gunther and, 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 and Drew at Survivor Series and, and, and Gunther retain. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not totally against that. There's a lot of different ways they can go with that as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I think there's going to be a lot of good matches. Um, again, there's way too many tournaments in wrestling right now, but at least this has stakes, if nothing else. So I'm looking forward to it, as I am with uh, some of the other stuff going on and uh, on SmackDown at the moment that we don't overly get to a lot. Um, speaking of Survivor Series, though, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, do we get the third match between these two at that pay-per-view? Because Brock won against Bobby at the pay-per-view, barely eked out the win, got his shoulders on the mat. Bobby goes ballistic and attacks the shit out of Brock Lesnar uh, following the match. Bobby is on an absolute tear right now. Looks like they're doing a turn with him. I don't love it because he was really over as a face, but it makes sense, and he got over as a heel on Monday because he was attacking, for the most part, likable people, specifically Seth Rollins, which we'll get into. Um, But I thought Brock and Bobby was good. I thought they had a nice little sprint, better than the Royal Rumble match. It still only got six minutes. I think they could definitely do more than that. Um, I do want to see a rematch. I do think we will get a rematch. And people saying, oh, this is perfect for Survivor Series, or you can do it at the Rumble. I know this is five months down the road, dude, but Triple H mentioned the other day, they are now thinking more long-term than they probably have at any other point ever, or at least in the last couple of decades on the main roster. And I do think Brock and Bobby is the perfect WrestleMania attraction, hopefully with Bobby going over. Um, but I, I don't think you should blow this off anytime soon. I don't think there really is a need to blow it off anytime soon. I think this would be the perfect match for WrestleMania if they can hold off that long. Maybe build up the Hurt Business in the meantime and get them back together. Yeah, I think you, I think realistically WrestleMania would be the perfect place for the match. Like I said, Brock's never, not always on TV as well, so like he could go away for a little bit. You could have him like cost Bobby Royal Rumble or something. Like he, He's the one that tosses Bobby out of the Royal Rumble. He'd do something there kind of reduce the fuel again and then seemingly put it at WrestleMania. I mean, biggest stage, it's a huge match. I, I would definitely do it there. So what are your thoughts on Bobby's uh, mean streak that we saw on Crown Jewel and again on Monday's Raw? Before we get into anything else from Raw, which we will get into from here because it all kind of ties together, I'm loving what they're doing with Bobby Lashley. This guy's consistently been featured and pushed for the last two years, I would say now. And whatever they're doing with him now has my interest as far as him just just going ballistic on the entire Raw roster. I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's good stuff. I think turning him heel and seemingly turning Seth face. I mean, Seth's been getting shared so much lately. I feel like it's a perfect, like, double turn. Like, you turn Bobby feel, you turn Seth face, and you go on from there. But, yeah, I thought I, I kind of like it, the mean streak, and definitely a new side of Bobby Lashley that I like. Yeah, I think it's great. And, uh, you know, it's, this is the Bobby Lashley of two years ago or a year and a half ago when he was still WWE champion, and now we're kind of going back to that. Not to say what he was doing before this was not good because I was loving what he was doing as a babyface as well, but this is the Bobby Lashley that we need to see if he's going to be a real threat to Brock Lesnar and beat Brock in that rubber match whenever it takes place. But like I said, he did go crazy on Raw this week. He attacked Mustafa Ali. He came out, answered seemingly the open challenge for... Rollins' United States Championship, and championship he lost to Rollins about a month ago with help from Brock Lesnar. And he went after Rollins, beat the crap out of him, and out comes Austin Theory, cashing in his money in the bank briefcase 
on the United States Championship. So they have a match. Before Theory can win, he hits the eight down down. Lashley pulls him out of the ring. I mean, I know they have issues. They have history from a couple of months ago, but I'm not really sure why Bobby was still out there, why he would care if Theory won the championship or not. And if Lashley himself wanted to win the title, why not just answer the open challenge? So, excuse me. But So why not just do, do that? That I don't really get. The whole thing to me as far as Lashley attacking everyone didn't make a whole lot of sense to me because why not just go after Rollins and win the championship or have him attack Rollins and have that be it. You know, you have Theory cash in the briefcase and then he loses because Lashley attacks Theory and that was the end of that. So I know we're not really talking about the Lashley stuff at this point. The headline here is that Theory cashes in money in the bank and loses the United States Championship opportunity, Mr. Marceau. Go off. Here's your time to shine. Oh my goodness. I don't know where I began with this. I just... I really don't understand it. It's been four days later, or three days later, and it still boggles my mind. How they did this, how they thought this was a good idea, how they could possibly recover from here. I said before we got on the phone, I mean, there could be a possibility that they say, like, oh, like he f- complains to Adam Pierce that it was an open challenge, he didn't need to cash in, they someone give him the briefcase. That's the best case scenario, because what happened here was just fucking awful. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have him cash in, at least cash in on Roman Reigns and lose. I'd rather him cash in on Roman Reigns and lose than do what happened on Monday. That was just that was just terrible. And I really don't know where you go from here with him, and I just don't understand. I mean, everyone's like, oh, he must not be a Triple H guy. Triple H brought him in the NXT, so I don't really understand why everyone, oh, he's just not a Triple H guy. Like, maybe he doesn't see him at, like, being cashing in level right now. But, I mean, he clearly sees something in the guy. Like, he was on NXT, he was on the show all the time when Triple H was in charge. Like, he's he was younger at the time. He's obviously a few years older now. Like, he has the look. He has the charisma. Like, he has their in-ring ability. Like, he has everything. I just, I, I really don't understand why they would do this to him. And people say, oh, there's got to be something else. Like, what do you mean there's something else? Like, he's not going to go beat Roman Reigns right now. So, <laughs> I just, I really don't, I'm really more into see what they do with him because he needs a lot of rehabbing. At this point, the guy's basically buried at this point because, He's lost so much lately. He beat Shelton Benjamin in like a three-minute match, and then he just cashes in on a mid-card title and loses. He just looks like an idiot. So maybe this can kind of only positive. Maybe like this will make him more serious and kind of get rid of like the phone shtick and be more of a serious like dirty heel than kind of like the comedy joke heel. So we'll see. But he needs a lot of rehabbing, and that's all I can say at this point. We don't say it often, dude, but you said it right there. This was a burial. This was a burial of Austin Theory. And and it's not only it's not one isolated thing. The mid card title thing was laughably bad. I, I don't know where in the contract. Where does it say and when have they ever said? When have they ever said, dude? And this is supposed to be for a company that, you know, Triple H has done a lot of logical things. And this is something that Vince would have never done. Maybe he would have done it, I don't know. I don't even really buy that because I know there were uh, rumors a couple of years ago. And these were only rumors. It was never confirmed. But there were rumors a couple of years ago that Otis might cash in the briefcase on a fucking tag team title opportunity. That would have even been dumber than what they did. I mean, I guess he would have won championship, won an actual title. But what he did was also pretty bad. Um, I, I have never heard it said that you can cash in on a United States championship. And even if you could, he looks like an idiot. And it's not as if Roman Reigns isn't around. He was on the show two days earlier at Crown Jewel. I mean, he attempted to cash in at SummerSlam and... Um, you know, Crown Jewel, or not, SummerSlam and Clash of the Castle, and he failed both times because he was thwarted by, you know, Brock, and then again by 
uh, Tyson Fury, whoever else. They could have just either done that again or had him cash in afterward. I told you this before, I wouldn't have been thrilled, but if he cashed in on Roman Reigns following Crown Jewel and Roman beat him, I still would have laughed. I still would have been you know, upset to a certain degree, but it would have been better than what they did here. Would he have looked weak for going after a weakened Roman and still losing? Yeah, but it's Roman Reigns. And I think Rollins obviously is no, he's not a loser, but it's for, like, why would it be worth it for a mid-card title? And and Rollins got attacked as well. I mean, I know Theory got attacked. You can make the argument, oh, he was, he was protected. No, he looks like an idiot. And this was a fucking burial of Theory. And like I said, it wasn't one isolated incident. It was the buildup leading up to that point where he lost every match, almost every match that he's had for the last four months now. I'm telling you as a fact, the only three matches he has won since July, when he won the damn briefcase of Money in the Bank, was against Dolph in the main event of Raw, like three months ago. He beat Ali a week or two ago. And he beat Benjamin on Raw. Not exactly a star-studded panel of people that would be impressive to beat. And then he loses his ultimate title shot for a mid-card title in the way that he did. I think the real question now is what you said. Can he be rebuilt back up to where we all see him as? Now, I know Triple H doesn't see him as a world champion right now, and I get that. I've told you before, I think him cashing it anytime soon would have been dumb. I don't think he's ready, and that's not really... It's a him thing, but it's also a booking thing in the way they've booked him. Could he have been ready by now if they booked him better? Yeah, probably, but he's not, and they've booked him to look like an idiot. Um, do you still think, I mean, my whole thing is that I think they could have just waited. The briefcase allows you to hold a contract for a year. So just from a booking standpoint, why wouldn't they hold on, have him hold on to the briefcase for another, they could have done this like four or five months from now, the theory stuff wasn't working. If they actually gave it an effort to get him over and to, you know, make him a threat, whatever. Why not just wait until April, May, June, July to have him cash in? Or do you think it's a case where we're getting the ladder match at WrestleMania and they want the briefcase off of theory before then? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I just, I feel like if anything, if he still had the briefcase, it'd be kind of funny because he's like, oh, even though there's a match now, I still have three months or four months to cash in my opportunity because I won it last year and I have a month, I have a year to cash it in. So if anything, it'd kind of be kind of cool because then you have two people with the briefcase and maybe that person cashes in and then Theory cashes it on them and that'd be like the total heel move to just like double cash in on someone, so... I don't know. Like I said, I'm honestly, what you said earlier, I'm kind of hoping that, like, they say, like, oh, you can only cash in on a, a world title, and they invalidate it on Raw next week, something, because what they did was terrible. I don't know how you rehab them from here. It, it's just, I really don't understand. Like I said, if they don't see him ready now, which, like you said, I think it's more of the booking. I think, I think him as a person and what he's shown, I think he could be ready, but it, obviously the booking at the end of the day, no one would take him seriously because he's lost so much lately. But if you booked him correctly and he won a lot, yeah, he could easily be a world champion right now. Definitely doesn't help that Roman Reigns has both belts, mm-hmm. but it is the world that we live in. So hopefully they figure something out. Maybe they were going to take the belt off. Maybe they did it just to see what the crowd's reaction would be. If no one gave a shit, they just move on. But maybe people are pissed and they're like, okay, maybe we'll go a different course. But yep. they need to do something because this kid's like 26 years old and is like clearly the fu- like literally is the definition of like a future star and. What they're doing on right now is just terrible. You think the John Cena match could help rehab that? If they do it, I still don't think they're going to do it. I mean, I heard Cena, that we'll talk about that right now. John Cena, the rumor is that he might be back for Mania per wrestle votes. Not that he will be there, but it's very likely he will be. It's Los Angeles. If you want to be the next Rock, you're on that show, blah, blah, blah. I do think Cena will wrestle a match at Mania because he hasn't wrestled a match all year. 
And he usually, at some point, you know, he did one match a year. He did in 2020. He did in 2021. And uh, he hasn't in 2022. So I think he will be back for Mania um, if his schedule allows for it. I don't know if the theory match at this current point makes sense. But, you know, you, you mentioned this before we hit record here. Could it be a possibility where Cena comes back, lays into him, calls him a loser, and that's what gets Theory more serious and they set up a match for Mania? Or do you think it's more likely Cena goes in a different direction and faces someone a bit higher up on the card? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, they had that little interaction when Cena was here last. Obviously, never went anywhere, but, I mean, it could have foreshadowed something, hopefully. Because, obviously, we thought that was what might have happened at SummerSlam, but it never went anywhere. But he definitely needs a lot of rehab before then. Um, like you said, maybe he just continues to go on a losing streak, and like you said, Cena comes out and just like, I thought you were the future, and look where you, like, we talked three months ago, and look how far you've fallen, and then maybe he does kind of get some kind of resurgence, and kind of gets pushed up the card, um, I mean, it, it, it makes sense, like, he's a cocky young kid, had the briefcase, it's all he used to talk about, and then he lost it, so it's like, now what does he have to his name, like, he has nothing, like, he lost all these matches, the one thing that he had to claim, he lost, like, kind of like a rebuild from there but I mean he needs something because it ain't looking hot right now <laughs> yeah I mean well, like we said over DMs like I suggested do you put him on Smackdown I mean I wouldn't put him back in NXT if he wasn't already in NXT twice I would say okay maybe a, a rehab run there like a la Finn Balor but he was already there twice I don't think that's a good idea I don't know if you have him switch brands or I mean like that's long term like we got to think like like you texted me or we DM the other day what do you do with them now? Like, I don't even know who you have them feud with. I'm I'm still kind of in awe of what they did to the point where I don't. I'm honestly not really sure what they do next week and the week after, unless that like that aggressive streak begins next week. But even if it does, does he feud with? I I don't really want to see him involved in the U.S. title picture because it looks like they're doing Rollins and Lashley and maybe Ali as well, who looked like an idiot as well. The way that he got kind of discarded, like trashed by Bobby on Monday. I honestly don't really know who you pair him with in the foreseeable future. I, I think realistically, if he's just the, he needs a he needs a scenery chance. He needs to move to SmackDown. I just I feel like he's feuded with everyone in the mid card on Raw. He lost just, everyone, that's for sure. He lost to Johnny, he lost, he lost to Kevin. Too, so yeah. I feel like if you're gonna do anything, maybe you can move him to SmackDown and try to rehab him from there. Because what's he gonna do? Lose the Rollins and Lashley again continuously. Lose the Gargano again mm-hmm. and the All, like, Owens. Owens again, yeah. So. I would realistically move him to SmackDown. And like I said, unless they do something that he gets the briefcase back, but I think realistically moving to SmackDown would probably be the best idea. I agree. Still on the Rollins and Lashley front here, um, on a positive note, I actually really like what they're doing with those two. We already talked about Lashley a moment ago, but it seems like Rollins is going babyface based off his promo earlier in the show. You know, he faced Theory last week on Raw in the Halloween episode. They had a great match, and he won clean. And people were already cheering for Rollins, but I think of the quote that came out, I think it was either from Becky or I think it was from Becky after she returned or, you know, turned face at SummerSlam. She did an interview soon after where she said that Triple H came up to her and said, it feels like we're swinging or that we're uh, swimming upstream with you as far as the crowd reactions. Like, you know, she is a good heel. She's a great heel, but people want to embrace her. They want to cheer her. That's kind of in the spot where we're in right now with Seth Rollins. And they already, I mean, they have a lot of good heels. They And he was a great top heel for Raw. But I think making him the top babyface, now that Bobby's kind of flipped, I'm totally fine with that. It's a fresh feud right there. 
And that sets up a lot of interesting possibilities and maybe could lead us right back into Rollins and Roman, maybe come Royal Rumble time, a year removed from their last match for the championship. Um, I actually really like the idea of Rollins going babyface. And it also hopefully means when Cody comes back, we don't have to go back to that feud. It wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to not acknowledge that because Rollins attacked him his last night there, which was fucking dumb. They should not have done that. Um, but Rollins is a babyface now, so, or hopefully, I think it's the great direction to go in. I think it's about time he goes back to being what he was before. They always do a really good job with Rollins' character arc, and I think they nailed it with, uh, with what they did on Monday night. Yeah, I think seemingly we saw the babyface turn coming just because he has been getting more cheers lately, and turning Bobby Heal, like I said, maybe re- reform the Hurt Business with no shell, and then Cedric aren't doing anything. MVP needs to be pried away from Omas, so we'll see what happens, but, um, yeah, I, I like that. I think it's a good double turn if that's the direction we're going in. Rollins has seemingly got a lot more cheers lately, and I, I think he's, like you said, his character arc as a babyface is is really good. As same as a heel, I think he's good. Boy. He's he's really good as a heel and babyface, but I like you said, when, you, when you're getting all the cheers and you're a heel, it might be just time to turn him, and I think... It's, it's, it's time to turn them fast. Well, I will say, for as many faults as this company's had creatively over the years, they've always turned Rollins whenever it's made sense. Maybe not at the exact moment I would have liked, but he's been a heel now for three years. When he turned heel three years ago is when he was getting booed coming off the Bray Wyatt feud. And people, I mean, he was that wasn't the only factor. He was, like, saying some dumb stuff in interviews and shit about Dean Ambrose and AEW, and people didn't like him for that. Did a couple of other things that people didn't love, the internet wasn't fond of, and they kind of turned against him. Uh, he was a boring champion for the most part, and they turned him heel, as made sense, and he was a great heel. Prior to that, you go back to 2016, he was a babyface for three years, from 2016 to 2019. He was getting cheered by the time that he came back from injury. We were there. He got cheered when he came back from injury in 2016. They should have turned him face right there. They didn't. But, um, you know, they ended up going in that direction with uh, him going babyface by the end of the year. And even in 2014, not that people were begging for it, but they turned him heel then too. So he, he's turned face and heel quite a lot in the last 10 years. It's not like what, quite like with Roman Reigns where he started as a heel, babyface, babyface for like 10 years and then heel again. Rollins has turned back and forth like six times. But he excels in both roles, a la like people like Jericho, Edge, Eddie, people like that. And uh, I think it's the right direction to go, and I don't really know what you do with him like long term. Like, do you see a Mania match for Rollins that makes sense? Like, I don't really want to see him and Cody at Mania. I'm, I'm kind of done with that stuff. Cody beat him three times. I'm good with that. Um, we mentioned Logan Paul. That's more SummerSlam because Logan Paul won't be around for WrestleMania. Is there anyone on Raw or SmackDown, or maybe that could get called up from NXT that you think long? I'm thinking long term here, like Triple H, that you would want to see Rollins face at WrestleMania. Oh, that's a good question. I'm putting you on the spot uh, a lot today. I know. I mean, depending on where the judgment day goes, I mean, if they're still over, I mean, you could do him and Finn. I think that would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, you know, hinted it on Monday, and they didn't go back to it, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have, yeah, like I said, you always put me on the spot, and I'm supposed to be like a fucking genie over here, but, <laughs> um, I mean, Finn's the first person that comes off the top of my head. I don't want to see Cody again, like, over the, like, yeah, like he did attack him, but that was also at the end of the Vince era, so maybe they won't even acknowledge it when he comes back. So I'll say Finn for now. I'm, like, I can't like predict call-ups, but I'll say Finn. All right, all right. Finn makes sense. And again, like I said, they teased it on Monday, and they didn't do the match because AJ came out, so you can go back to that, especially with Rollins as the babyface and Finn as the heel. We've seen the match several times, but not with those character alignments before, so I would love to see that one. As we wind down here, Dynamite from last night, like I said, what was supposed to be a newsworthy show, not exactly newsworthy. 
Um, but we did have the announcement AEW is headed to the UK uh, in 2023. That was all that was said. I don't. I assume it's a TV taping, but they didn't say when it was. They didn't say where exactly in the UK it was going to be. But um, I think more details are coming next week. And we also had the announcement that Soraya is back in the ring as well, come full gear, facing Britt Baker. I thought their promo was one of the better parts of the show. Uh, Danielson and Guevara also having a good two out of three falls match. Nothing on the line. The outcome wasn't really in doubt, so not exactly the most newsworthy uh, main event. No MJF for the second week in a row. He was attacked by the firm two weeks ago. We did hear from him in an interview he did with Pardon My Take, and I thought that was great. I thought the Moxley stuff on the show was great. I do want to see them face-to-face one more time. Um, I thought it was kind of false advertising when they said, oh, we'll hear from MJF. I mean, I guess we did, but he wasn't there. Um, I'm hoping he's back next week so we can get one final appearance with him before full gear, which is next weekend, which is coming up fast. So before we get into the nitty-gritty of uh, Dynamite from this past week, what were your overall thoughts from the show? I thought it was an okay show. Like you said, I was promised newsworthy. Didn't really feel like it was newsworthy. Um, Like you said, the UK line, Tony Schiavone threw it out there like me saying, Boo to a goose. He was just like, yeah, uh, we're going to be in UK next year. Literally on commentary, someone's entrance, during someone's entrance. Yeah, I missed it. <laughs> there, and they never went back to it. And like I said, never like acknowledged any date or they just kind of said it. So, I mean, it's cool, but I mean, you think it would be a little bit bigger than that. Um, the Soraya, Britt Baker stuff was good. I feel like, it, like people say, she's like, oh, we have three matches on the card. It's like, yeah, but your match literally is overshadowing both title matches by like a mile. Uh, the other women matches, just because it's just a bigger, it's just a bigger feud. I feel like that's happened with Bray. Now we're getting with Soraya, uh, but I thought it was a good battle. Like you said, it's probably one of the better parts of the show. They're good back and forth. Um, see how she works. I'm, I mean, she says she's cleared. WWE wouldn't clear her, so I guess we'll see how clear she really is. Mm-hmm. And see how she is since she's been on the ring for what's I don't think five years at this point. So. Yeah, five years. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, it's I mean, definitely one of the more interesting things going on right now. Um, like you said, the MJF thing, whatever. I, I'd rather him on the show, but at least we got a, a pre-tape, which is nice. Um, the Warlow area Davari thing was terrible. Joe turning on him was even worse. I mean, my goodness. I just... I really don't. The whole Ring of Honor stuff, I really, just this point, just don't give a shit. And less of is more. Like, Joe hit him with the Ring of Honor title belt. We're probably going to get him and Warlow for fucking one of the belts or both of the belts, or does anyone really care at this point? They were teaming up randomly. I, I, someone said they teased tension. I haven't. I must have missed that because every time I see them together, they're literally killing somebody. And then he just attacked Warlow out of the blue, who was seemingly in a feud with Will Hobbs. I, I guess we're going a different direction now. Don't really know. Um, the main event was 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 fine. I, I, I haven't really been a big fan of Brian's work in the recent months. I just I just feel like he hasn't been the best since pretty much since he's lost the, like those page matches. Honestly, against Hangman. Um, I mean, the two out of three falls. I, I don't know. I feel like the first D, like the DQ is just so lazy. It just throws him in the chair. So he gets DQ'd. But then he starts attacking him again, and then he starts bleeding. Like, like why isn't that a DQ? Like, because the True. match didn't restart again. He hit him with a chair, and then he started hitting him with like, the microphone, and then doing all this other stupid shit, and then he pinned him, and whatever. I mean, he, they're, I guess they're in a fatal four-way for the Ring of Honor World Championship, which I... I, I don't I know guess, why. I don't understand. Yes, I'm assuming Guevara is just in the match to get pinned. I don't know why he would be in that match. Like, why would he be going for a belt that his leader has? Doesn't really make. I much mean, sense. honestly, Daniel Garcia should be in the match if anything. 
I think I think Daniel Garcia would make more sense. I, I mean, I'll just say this before I let you go on, but if they're going to do a four-way, why wouldn't Garcia be in there? He's the one that's feuding with Danielson. Guevara is completely fucking irrelevant. He hasn't beat Danielson at all. I know he got the better of him the first fall. Cool. I don't give a shit about Sammy Guevara. Why is he in that match? And also, why is Danielson getting another shot? He already lost to Jericho a couple weeks ago. It should have been Jericho and Claudio one-on-one again. Yeah, I really don't know. It's just, I guess that's what we're getting. Um, Jamie Hayter and Sky Blue was just a, a decent TV match. Um, I'm interested to see her and Tony. I think it'll be a good, good to decent match. I still think Tony will go over and we'll, we'll move on. But you, you don't like think Hader Tony? You think Tony will go over? Is that what you said? I think Tony will win. Yeah, okay, I like okay. Hayter a lot, but I just don't see her beating Tony right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the main opening, like eight man, was fine. Uh, and then the Jeff Jarrett stuff's terrible. So um, that's that's my whole review of Dynamite right there. I just listen. I loved hearing Jarrett's old TNA music. I think that's great. Oh, I popped. I popped big for the music. My like, world, my world. It's a great song, but like I said this to Alexis. I don't even dislike Jeff Jarrett. I dislike the idea that they're wasting TV time on something that no one cares about, dude. I mean, this was not a dead crowd. Jarrett came out. They didn't give a fuck. They're just riding off of the fact that, and, and I agree, he did have, if you saw it, he did have great heel work in that Ric Flair's last match main event. It was him and Jay against Rick and Andrade, I think. He was great. Jeff Jarrett was the highlight of the match. It doesn't mean you make him a regular on-air character in a weekly television show. I mean, that's the markiest thing I've ever seen, just because, what, he and Sting had matches over the WCW title 25 years ago? Who could possibly give a shit about Darby and Sting versus Jay Lethal, who I like a lot, but isn't really overly important on these shows. He's clearly a stepping stone. And you can tell on these shows who's a stepping stone and who's not. Um, it's Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Maybe that's the end of Jeff Jarrett's little run here on TV, and then he goes back to being in a backstage role. But come on, dude. The fact that we're even wasting TV time on this shit is comical. Did they air another vignette for House of Black last night or no? Because I don't remember seeing one. I don't remember seeing it. So why don't they get... I don't know, man. Do we even know if Miro's hurt? Like, what what the fuck is going on with him? Maybe he's hurt, but it's like they don't... And, and it's like, oh, you, well, you can't assume. Well, they don't tell us otherwise. No one says anything. Miro doesn't say anything. The company doesn't say anything. And we probably should know. If you don't want us to assume that you don't have any plans for him, then you should probably say that he's hurt. I don't think he's hurt, though. He was hurt months ago. Why would he be hurt? He's had, only, he, he's had uh, all yeah, four matches this year. I that Lana poster. was like, I can't find Miro, but you can come find me on my website. I just... Why wouldn't he be in this tournament and Lance Archer would be? Come on, man. <laughs> Seriously. Stepping stone, that's why. I, know, I don't even mind the idea that the finals of this tournament are going to be Ethan Page and Ricky Starks. I mean, they're pushing Ethan Page right now. They're trying to you rebuild him back up after that awful Dan Lambert, Scorpio Sky, Men of the Year crap. Uh, I applaud the effort there. And I applaud the effort to get... I think Ricky Starks was hurt, which is good. Or he was—he had a. I'm sorry, he wasn't hurt. He had another personal issue that wasn't wrestling related that kept him off TV. Okay, that's fine. And they're actually putting him back on the show. I take back what I said originally. He's not gonna. I mean, he could win, I guess, and I think that'd be cool if MJF wins the title. Uh, you could do Ricky and MJF at Winter is Coming, which I think is cool. But like Lance is a setup guy. Brian Cage, at least he's been on TV a bit more lately. Lance isn't even on the fucking show. I mean, what are we even doing here? The fact that Eddie Kingston lost in a first-round match, he hasn't been on the show in a month and a half. Unless you watch Dark, which most people don't. I know they get a couple hundred thousand views on YouTube, but that's not all of their audience. You would never even know where the fuck he's been because they haven't acknowledged him in like a month and a half. So this whole idea that he would lose in the first round to Ethan Page, who wasn't important up until two weeks ago, I don't agree with that either. 
I don't know, man. It just feels like they have a lot of people just in a holding pattern right now with nothing to do with them. And it's been weeks. I, I gave them the benefit of the doubt coming off of the, uh, you know, the all out stuff. Like, okay, they're, they're kind of resetting the deck here and they don't really have any feuds right now, but maybe closer to the pay-per-view. The pay-per-view's next weekend. There are a couple matches I'm looking forward to, but the fact that there's so many people not doing anything right now when you're pushing people like Jeff fucking Jarrett doesn't make the slightest bit of sense to me. No, I completely agree. I think, like you said, I feel like we gave them the benefit of the doubt, but I mean, even more than that, like he was like seemingly doing nothing, and then they just pushed this Will Hobbs. Now we're getting him and or, or him and Joey seemingly like FTRs. Yeah, they were in the match last night, but they're not doing anything of no like. I don't know. I feel like they're they're really missing out on some big time players right now. Well, at least you know what I, I don't want to completely shit on them. We've complained before. No FTR, no Wardlow on the show. They've been on the show lately. I will give them that. That's great. Are, what are they doing? Anything super important? Not really. They're feuding with the guns right now or FTR. I don't really care about that personally, but whatever. I thought they were feuding with the Kingdom at one point. Maybe that was just a tease. I don't know. Um, the Wardlow thing, I was excited. We were at Rampage when Hobbs came back and went after Wardlow. And I'm thinking, cool. You know, Hobbs didn't win his last feud, but okay, he'll face Wardlow for the TNT title. And then the Joe thing happens. I said on Twitter last night it was random. I mean, it is random. The only thing that didn't really make it random was the fact that they've been teaming. I think... Didn't Wardlow and didn't they like bump shoulders on Rampage last week or on fucking they bumped shoulders like a week or two ago, and that was it. That was it. They bumped shoulders, and then a week later, you're telling me Joe was angry enough by being slighted by Wardlow via a shoulder bump that he would attack him. And I don't even really know why you would turn Joe heel when he's as over. He's one of the most over people in the entire show. They cheered him. They cheered Joe when he attacked Wardlow, and it doesn't really do them any favors because Wardlow, honestly, I think I feel like it makes him less over because people don't want to see these two against each other right now. As far as it, it's maybe if Joe is a babyface, then okay, but if he's a heel, people are going to cheer him. It doesn't exactly make Wardlow look great. I think it hinders Wardlow if anything. So now you have an unnecessary triple threat for what reason? Why couldn't it just be Hobbs and Wardlow, and then you could do? Joe and Wardlow at Final Battle or something for the Ring of Honor TV title. It feels so unnecessary and forced. Like, I want to I wanna like some of this stuff, like I was digging it, and then they just go ahead and fuck it up for no reason. They completely rushed into it for no reason at all. Yeah, I don't love it at all. I just, I don't understand. So, that was Dynamite in a nutshell. Um, I thought the show was fine. We got full gear next week. Uh, hopefully it's a good show. We'll do predictions for that pay-per-view. Come next week here on the show. And I think it's going to be all right. But, uh, Mr. Marceau, what are you guys doing again today? You guys are going to uh, downtown Disney, right? Or uh, Disney Springs, rather. Going to Disney Springs at Epcot. What are you doing at Epcot that you didn't do all right? Or the, the, you might be doing the Guardians ride, you said. Yeah, that and Frozen we didn't do. What's the Frozen ride? I have no idea. Yeah, I've heard about it. I thought Frozen would have a bigger presence at the parks, but I guess not. So, I don't know. Give me an update as far as what you do at the parks. I would love to see some pictures. If you meet Goofy, let me know. Uh, we will chat here next week. New episodes every single Thursday. WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, all that good stuff. We're going to be back here next week talking full gear. I will mention this real quick. I was going to mention it earlier and I forgot. Sasha Banks, I will tell you right now, I had to take down the tweets because I was told to. I can tell you this off the air, but I just as a clarification, she is in fa- I'm telling you as a fact, I'm not kidding. She is definitely doing a movie right now. I don't know what her wrestling status is. Um, I can confirm it to other people via DM and shit, but it got back to the people doing the movie, I guess. I didn't expect it to and I had to take the shit down, unfortunately. But I'm telling you... <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I got. I didn't. I don't want to get anyone in trouble, and I did by accident by posting that. I shouldn't have. I should have rewarded it differently. But I'm telling you, it was a fact. I don't take back what I said. She is definitely doing a movie. I know that is a fact. If she isn't, and I listen, I will be the first one out here to to say I was wrong. But she definitely is. It's not Star Wars. It's some low budget action film. It's nothing major. And uh, that's pretty much that. I don't really know much more than that. The name of it, I'm not going to even find out because I don't want to get anyone in trouble. So that's just that. But just listen, I just give it a couple weeks, months. It will come out because she's going to be in the movie. I don't know when it comes out. It feels like it's a straight to Roku thing as far as I know. <laughs> but people thinking it's the fucking Mandalorian or like a Star Wars movie or... Don't don't get ahead of yourselves. There's nothing major. I thought it was very random she was even announced in it because my brother was working on it and... Uh, he just told me about it yesterday. So just to, just to let you know, because I had to take down this stuff because I got in trouble for it, unfortunately. So. Wow, GSM. Yeah, it is what it is, unfortunately, but whatever. So if anyone has any questions, just hit me up via DM because I've had already a lot of people ask me about it. And I promised updates, and unfortunately I can't give any because I didn't I didn't think I was that big of a deal that it would find they found out about it within three hours and I had to delete everything. There you go. So that's the power of the uh, the internet, the Elon Musk checkmark, which I already had, but if I have to pay eight bucks for it, I think I might have to give up the checkmark. That's another discussion for a different day. I'll let you get off. Uh, I'll get off my soapbox, Mr. Marceau. I'll let you go enjoy Disney, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, later, man. All right, brother. Take care. Bye.